from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. All these stories probably should be just from my therapist. I've been fighting, hiding, trying my best not to let you in. I can't do this all alone. I used to feel so strong, now I feel like the loser. It's hard to speak, but I could use the freedom. Oh, oh, I can't do this all alone. It's Friday, December 21st, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Chris Kringle, Jesse Carey. I don't know why I said that. I, <laughs> Chris Kringle. I'll take it. Jesse take Kringle it. Carey. That's what I should have said. <laughs> it's, it's, slight, it's, a, it's a little bit of a stretch with the alliteration, but I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Jesse Kringle. Uh, on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hello, hello. It should have been. Well, one, you stole mine, and two, it should have been I'm Tyler. It, <laughs> it should have been Tyler. Ho, 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 Huckabee. Uh, and down the street there in Nashville, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Annie. Hey. It la, is la, la 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 F Downs. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's a stretch, there you go, Jesse. We'll it is the go. last show before Christmas. It's December twenty first. Uh, we will not be having shocker here. We will not be having a new episode on Christmas Day. We think you should spend it with your friends and family, not with your podcast friends. I well, hold on, hold on. I don't totally agree with that, but I hear you. You guys are the closest thing to a family I have. Yeah, so. I, I wish someone would have run these plans by me. I, I was already planning on being in the studio this morning, right? And early. I'll be recording. You guys do it every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, y'all could show up if you want to. We'll we'll narrate the opening of presents like we did the magic show. That didn't go over very well. Did you catch that feedback when we did? I saw the, uh, one guy. I yeah. saw that. And, and listen, it, it didn't like I, us narrating the magic show. No, and it was the thousands of people that heard it. One yeah. guy said, oh, I didn't like that. I narrated. Well, watch the video, dude. It's out. Th- we, we told yeah. you it's on Facebook if you want to see the magic. And the narration was perfect. Our live you- Christmas spectacular. We had a magician visit. And this theater of the mind, we had to describe the up close hand magic he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hey, not exactly an audio experience. Job. but hey, Well, newsflash to that guy. Guess what? There wasn't really a snowstorm on Christmas Eve that snowed you into the studio <laughs> either. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, work within the context of the show there. Okay. But I kind of anyway. liked. I kind of liked getting the uh, getting the descriptions of it because it was like I was ex- both seeing it and hearing it. It was like getting right. two magic tricks for the price right. of one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad you maintain perspective about that, Tyler. I agree we with have that, a we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Brian and Katie Torwalt join us. They have a oh, new yeah. album out. They're some of our favorite worship leaders, and and they um they've come on the show a few times. And they they I was are, gonna say they were on my very first show a year ago. Yep. What an anniversary! They uh mm. they have a good sense of humor. They're funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, they're also just like awesome people. Like, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about th- this album, which, you know, uh, they kind of wrote going through like a tough time in their life. But uh, it's it's incredible. They're one of my they might be my favorite worship artists right now. Um, so really? Really? Yeah, okay. I so. oh, Making wow. a strong statement. Sorry to everybody right else Christmas. that we've had on the show this year. Yeah, really? So, sorry, Corey Asbury. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's just list all of our podcast yeah. guests. Yeah. Don't even bother getting on, getting on the show anymore. Say, I didn't say I don't like those people, but if they would like to infer it, then that's that's on them. That's on them. <laughs> I mean, I Sean care. Foyt. 
Sean Foy, you grew up with that kid. I know he's a buddy, but I can objectively say, listen, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. If last week taught us anything, for listeners who didn't hear, I did a takedown of what Annie thought was a beloved song, Michael W. Smith's Friends yeah. or Friends Forever. <laughs> All I showed is my ability to show objectivity when it comes to artistic criticism. It doesn't matter if you're a lifelong friend. It doesn't matter if this person lives in the same town as Annie and she might encounter him at Whole Foods and get an awkward stare. I don't right. care. I'm willing to be objective <laughs> here. And Annie, I saw the Twitter feedback. One of my favorite pieces of feedback about the songs Friends for Friends Forever, which I did a blistering takedown of last week, <laughs> right. was someone was like, Jesse's totally right. Anyone among us could have written that song in 10 minutes, no problem. <laughs> I saw that same feedback. You're right. People really uh, agreed with you on that. Lucky for me, the rest of the internet agreed with me on taking your garbage out the night before. Incorrect. That is not true. Uh, Cameron, you are I so saw full both. of it. You are all I like, saw both. I, no. I feel like it was divided. I feel like it was a divisive comment. I saw lots of pros and cons <laughs> on both sides. The, the, the people who did not agree with Annie didn't tag her in the reply. They didn't want to no, hurt her feelings. I went back and looked at who tagged you and there weren't even that many more. There weren't even that many more. When you drop that little nugget of everybody just wasn't tagging me. Okay, hold on. Let, let me give some context right here. If people didn't hear the show last week, we had a, a very offhanded conversation that wasn't really that big of a part of the show. That, right. that <laughs> I mean, and I've never seen I've never seen such divided feedback in the history of this show over Cameron and I deciding to take our garbage out the morning of a day that's called Garbage Day, and Annie <laughs> insisting on leaving those yes. putrid cans of rotting refuse out for the neighborhood to see the night before. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I took consideration. the high ground here. I do it as and a consideration to my neighbors. I don't need you to stare at my trash as you're just trying to do your evening stroll. No. You know what I mean? I'm just going to yeah. keep the blight to a minimum. But how many people said back, I don't want to get up at 6 a.m. and run. I mean, one guy said today that he did an experiment where he waited till today to take his garbage out and he was he had to chase down the garbage man and the garbage man gave him a bad look. That's user just, error. That's user no. error. That's yeah. not a that's not a point for anybody's side. Here's what he said. I, I'm looking at that tweet right now. And it said, I decided to try and be a maniac and put my trash out the morning of pickup day. (laughs) Trash man is first door away before I get it up to the street. He looked at me with such disgust. I'm never doing it again. That was so (laughs) stressful. Here's my problem. What is some people see as stress, some people see as exhilaration. Yeah, yeah. Get a as, shot as, of as an adrenaline rush to yeah. start your day. Yeah. Andy, sometimes That's I will I, I will go insane. for a jog. Sometimes I'll go for a jog. And I there dread going right. for a jog on a yeah. hot summer day, the day before garbage day, because of all the neighborhood lunatics. Jesse, you don't put them insist, out in the middle of the act. You shut up. Who insist <laughs> on, having, on having hot bags of garbage just cooked <laughs> in the neighborhood. I'll, Line the streets. Let's line. This is this. Is this what we want from society on a hundred degree day? You live in a neighborhood with all your cousins, so that's your family doing that, Jesse. That is your family's houses you're running by. Annie, listen. Is this the kind of society we want that on a hot summer day where the sun is just baking everything till long into the night, that people are just leaving hot bags of trash out there to stink up the streets that they line? No, we are a civilized. No, I don't want that either. I want at ten o'clock when I'm done with my night 
just to real quick before I go to bed, gather up all the trash, take it outside, and I don't have to think about it again in the morning. The trash man picks it up, and I never hear from him again until the do next. Do you not time. have Do you not have issues with like? raccoons yeah see this is i was letting you guys say all your arguments but the one definitive pushback that the people who are mourning people gave was it is impossible for us to leave it out the night before because bears and or raccoons bears Bears and raccoons that is i have that i live in a civilized part of nashville so that is we we do not have these because problems. enough, because you have enough people bringing their trash out in the morning to keep the various <laughs> wildlife away from invading your part of the city. That is going to change if you're if people like you continue this time of year. This time of year, it's not that big a deal. But I'll tell you when it is a big deal. When all you Nashville people are throwing your hot chicken bones and and <laughs> stuff in a big can and leaving it out in a hundred degree day, you're basically cooking chicken scraps all night long. Jesse, that's Just, so and, gross. And, and you're bringing you're bringing bears in from the hillside. They can yeah. smell that from like a mile away. It's like a shark bears with a drop of blood. It is it, Annie. It normal. is it, it is like a shark with a drop Her of blood. Brain in the ocean they can Parade. smell it they, they, they get ready on a hot summer night to go yeah. eat those chicken scraps that you guys are eating and just oh, I don't care how it in gets the gone. It's, it's not just the chicken scraps it's a, then it's going to be the pets local pets then yeah. before you know it children start disappearing yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. guess what now because you couldn't get up in the morning to take your trash out like a normal person kids are getting eaten by bears you are endangering yes. children you are endangering <laughs> You are endangering the bear population. Y'all act yeah. like it's just me. They, Y'all saw the internet. It's at least 60 to 70% of the people who hey, follow us. You're followers. No, your yeah. followers. Your followers. You can impact yeah. and influence you're an their influencer. lives. You're trying to spur Be them on to the be more brave. you want to see. Yeah. You're trying. With you are an inspiration. Power. You can great lead them in the right direction, Annie. If you changed your ways and I said, you know what? leading them in the right direction. Do not take your garbage you're, out in the morning. You're leading bears right to our front doors. If you said to your followers, I care about the safety of our children, I'm going to take out trash in the mornings. Everybody follow my lead. It could change America. Okay, here's here, uh, Annie, a trash can full of garbage is essentially to an animal. So let's say a pack of wild ravenous wolves or let's say hungry bears that have gained a taste for human food and now human flesh, just hypothetically. (laughs) That is like such a a joke. Hold on, hold on, Annie. Listen, a, a can of garbage is in the animal world. That is a, equivalent to like a carton of delicious takeout for people. They're just gonna they're gonna come down and they're gonna have their way with it. And it's because of people like you that we cannot. The, the, the cities should do the right thing and institute a mandatory curfew on garbage night because it's just become unsafe. You don't know who will be attacked and murdered by a hungry animal because people have been putting basically bait. They've been putting bait out in the streets. Like the in the streets. Uh, yeah, Luring. Luring bears. Y'all are just insane. Y'all are all insane. It's fine. If you want, here's what, it's your life. If you want to get up at 6 a.m. and have that panic of, 
Did I take the garbage out? Oh, I got to take the garbage out and run around your house, bag everything up. You're knocking your kids over with your garbage. Your kids are in danger in your own home. <laughs> Annie, my kids are alive. Take the garbage out. My kids are alive, Annie. <laughs> yeah, I no thanks to you. I, I would rather feel the danger of oh no, I have to, I have to wake up at at at, at a reasonable time to take to drag a can to the street mm-hmm. than feel the danger of what if I'm coming home late on a garbage night? Will I make it from the driveway to my front door without, without being, being mauled and eaten alive? Yeah, the coyotes, man. They stalk. Yeah. Hey, exactly. uh, if I, I, I didn't think that we would open two shows with this debate. Um, <laughs> Nor did I, because I won it. So I didn't it's going well into 2019. Listen, the amount, of, the amount of feedback we've gotten from this, it makes me think like there should be a whole spinoff podcast dedicated to this topic. People are interested. And, and, and there's no middle ground here. You are either you are either You're either night trash or morning trash. No, no. You are either a person who Jesse. does what the Bible says and rises early. I'm doing my devotions. Okay. Yeah, I'm literally doing my devotions. Okay. I'm while doing the trash my devotions so early. So early. Just seepy just getting in the word and getting built up that I'm like, you know what, God, I will love my neighbor as myself and hope that they don't get killed by a bear today. And I will bring it out this morning where the danger of bears in broad daylight and nocturnal predators Mm -hmm. are are not a concern. I will do it today, Lord. Thank you. And I drag it out there. You're either in that camp or you're the weirdest devotional anyone's ever had. (laughs) Or you're in the camp that gladly endangers everyone that lives within a two-mile proximity of your hot, stinking pile of trash that's been out there. It's one of two camps. It's a simple choice. I, uh, I, I, I thought, you know, we'd open this show. It's the last show before Christmas. We'd be talking, mm-hmm. maybe talk about Christmas shopping, talk about Christmas movies or like little things that we're all doing. Hallmark Christmas movies? You want to talk about those? I mean, I'm just saying, like, I thought we would be talking about the, the things of the season, not the trash debate again. I'm just saying, Jesse. The garbage of the season. Let's... I'm I'm just reading feedback, Cameron. And this unfortunately, unfortunately, this year's holiday has been overshadowed by a horrible controversy. And and listen, I want you guys know me. I'm all about keeping the Christ in Christmas. I'm all about you know taking your. I'm 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 you know. I know what Donald J said this year. We're saying Merry Christmas. Well, this year, guess what? People aren't saying Merry Christmas because they're screaming because (laughs) they're fear that a bear is lurking (laughs) behind the Christmas light. You're blinded by a Christmas light display. I don't know. I don't know when I look down the street, Cameron, if I'm looking at the twinkle of Christmas lights or the the glowing eyes of a bear crouching, (laughs) ready to pounce that already has eaten a belly full of Annie's takeout the night before. in As our suburbs, like around Florida, I mean, we have black bears and stuff. Uh, and I mean, it's it's a regular occurrence. My parents' neighborhood, they actually really do have bear issues. And the bears yeah. really do come and get into the trash. And then they like break into people's back porches and stuff. They, they have, have special cans. Because yeah, it. that county has bear-proof garbage bear-proof cans. cans. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real, a problem. It's a real problem. It's a real it's a problem. problem. Yeah, it's a real problem. I can think problem. of no better way to commemorate, commemorate 2018 than... The day uh, right before Christmas, a group of friends arguing about pure garbage. <laughs> That's true. Friendships that, getting torn apart. That yeah. is right. that is 2018 in a Can't nutshell. Be recovered. Uh, friends arguing about a pile of garbage. That is yeah. this is this is another reason Michael W's song doesn't really work anymore because friends aren't friends forever. It doesn't. Uh, he did not, not anticipate the present moment. Yeah, not in the age of Twitter. Be divided by trash. 
And friends are friends so ever till one was savagely mauled by a nocturnal predator of the night Jeez. that that had developed a taste for humans. That's fine. That's fine. But I will say this. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Sleep well tonight, because if you live in my neighborhood, you know that your nighttime is safe. If you live near Annie, just knowing you might be dealing with a family tragedy this year. And oh, my gosh. Jesse. <laughs> Oh man, are you guys ready for Christmas? I mean, it's only a few days away. I'm a procrastinator, so I I'm not at all. But um, no. I mean, it was like a week ago. I'm like, oh, I haven't bought anything. So I, I bought a, you know, I went online and got a bunch of stuff for Cohen. But hey, listen, I do the same thing every year, Christmas Eve. You know, about five o'clock in the afternoon, I go buy the Walgreens two hundred dollars of scratchers, and you know, <laughs> I give everyone in my family the chance to be a millionaire. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thanks for the slow. What are those slow oh, cooking man. pots that everyone's into now? Instapots. Yeah, Instapot. cool. Thanks for the Instapot. I'll get a lot of use out of this. A quick question: Unless I develop the world's greatest recipe in this Instapot. What are the odds that this is going to turn me into a millionaire? Here's a $20 scratcher. Your future is now in your hands and in God's hands. That's Merry Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Annie, what do you do? Do you go home for Christmas? Uh, This year, my parents are coming to Nashville. So, oh, which is really oh. fun. We've never done that before. I know. We've been like planning all sorts of Christmassy so kind of Nashville things. Yeah. So I'm hosting here. And then we're doing like my family. There's a lot of uh, grown siblings and but no little kids yet. And so we'll all do Christmas on like the 30th or something in Georgia. So I'll go down there then. I always grew up that, you know, I, Christmas, we had a lot of family in the area and like um, within an hour drive. And so we would do our Christmas presents in the morning and then we'd have to pack up the car and drive an hour to grandma and grandpa's house, you know, and then sit there with all these relatives when all my great toys are at home, you know, yeah. like I, I like Christmas was always yeah. stressful. I didn't like it as a kid. <laughs> I always wonder when like, when, when now I have a nine year old and like, when is it that I can kind of tell the family to pivot toward us? Cause like now yeah. I have to do the same thing with Cohen. Like we open presents Good in the morning question. and then got a pile in the car and go up to the, to their house. When is it that the grandparents come to our house and Cohen when did can y'all just... pivot to your, cause see, my, mine is a little bit different because my grandparents were across the driveway from us. Like we grew up on like one farm with people or everybody was on it. And so literally it was like walking back and forth. So we didn't do all that. So so the question would be, when did your grandparents start coming to your parents' house? Never, because it was yeah, there's a lot of extended either. family in the region, and they would all convene at the grandparents' house. You know, yeah, all the aunts and uncles a, and stuff. But we don't have that. I mean, Cohen's only uncle's right there. He can uh, come over. <laughs> like, yeah. And Cohen makes fun of him. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. True. I, I feel yeah, but you, Cameron, I know how to alleviate some of the stress of Christmas, though. Because yeah, how, he's talking about how? how stressful. Yeah. By injecting the exhilaration of maybe becoming the next $20 million winner <laughs> 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 of a $2 scratch lottery ticket I picked up on the way to your house. And maybe I already scratched it because the anticipation was just killing me in the car. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Here's a, here's a losing scratch lottery ticket. But I want to know if this was a winner, we would be splitting it right now. Merry Christmas, man. It's great seeing you. <laughs> I remember a, of a, a Christmas take. That I was thinking about a few. I, I think on this on this podcast, we're, we've all made it pretty clear how we feel about uh, the, the Christian culture that that we were, that many of us were raised in, and it's sometimes uh, it, it can be a little bit subpar in terms of what it delivers to the pop culture landscape. Okay. But I think one area in which Christian culture is heads stands heads and shoulders above the main the lamestream media is is Christmas music. 
because religious Christmas music yeah. has like all time bangers, like right. the greats, yeah. the absolute greats, Silent the classics, Night, First Noel, and secular ones, Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, Frosty the right. Snowman. Or, 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 or the Baby It's Cold Outside, like Date Rape Song. I mean, song. yeah. White Christmas, the Bing Crosby White Christmas is pretty chill. I mean, th- th- me. that one, when you <laughs> hear, when you hear the it's Bing no Crosby problem. White Christmas, I mean, you want to throw the sweater on uh, like a, maybe a smoking jacket, uh, yeah, like a velvety yeah, yeah. Santa hat, not like a gaudy one, but something classy, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> right. sip a little eggnog, you know, like, are you an eggnog Man, guy, Jesse? Eggnog. I, I'm I mean, a big eggnog guy. I'm an eggnog stand. Right? I've never, I've never had eggnog till last Christmas. Yeah, well, that's good. I yeah. think. Are you into it, Cameron? I, I enjoyed it. it. It was it was in the category of random things I've never had and just decided I wasn't going to like cheesecake. I've never had cheesecake. And um, yeah, I went through, I went most of my Have life. You just th- taking a hard stand against cheesecake. Well, I mean, I, I I like cheese and and I like cake, but the two together just don't sound appealing. And the last yeah, thing true. and the other thing I've observed about cheesecake is people who love cheesecake love cheesecake. And if there's cheesecake, they have to have cheesecake. And the last thing I need is another vice uh, like food vice. So I'm like, sure. I'm like, ignorance is bliss. I can yeah. just say no and don't know what I'm missing. But what if I right. love it? And then I have another like high calorie addiction, yeah. you know? I, don't yeah. like it. I, I think <laughs> if someone had just learned the English language and had no exposure to cheesecake, yeah, like the restaurant cheesecake factory would sound very unappealing. Very unappealing. <laughs> like this is a factory <laughs> that makes cheese and cakes. And you want me cakes to go eat a meal there? Yeah. yeah. No, no, thank you. The word factory fact- is a weird one there. It sounds like such a, it's, it's, it sounds very like, <laughs> sounds very Karl Marxian. It's like it's a whole fact. The proletariat has seized a means of production. No. Do y'all know that the restaurant, the Cheesecake Factory, when you're inside of it, it looks like a piece of cheesecake? It looks no. like it looks that, like that's how the walls painted. The walls are the walls and the booths and the ceiling are all painted to look like a piece of cheesecake. So it's a crust is the brown. The walls are yellow like a piece of cheesecake. The ceiling is dark like chocolate or blueberries. Like it's intentional to look like a piece Everything of cheesecake. Everything in there is overwhelming. Like they give you this three ring trapper keeper of menu items. <laughs> You're getting like, into Seinfeld territory, Jesse. Yeah. What's the deal with done, airline peanuts? <laughs> I've never done crazy drugs, but I don't need to because I've been inside a cheesecake factory. Right, right. It has right. to be the same feeling. <laughs> yeah, I've never done magic mushrooms, but I've thumbed through the like volume one of the cheesecake factory menu while sitting in there. And I'm, it's pretty trippy. I mean, literally the the most high calorie restaurant meals in America. Well, one is at pizzeria uno, like the highest calorie ones are deep dish pizza. Uh, the second and through 10 is all cheesecake factory entrees. It's, I mean, you go there to get, are you serious? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like their salad, you just get like their little salad and it's 2,100 calories. Like it, like just everything there is. Yeah. Just, the fattest, fattest version of food. Yeah, right. And, and they give you a they give you a phone book to try to figure out what you won't even want to eat. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's bigger than the are. Bible. It's it's the it's the biggest man. Like they can, there is not a food item created by man, woman, or animal that you cannot order at a cheesecake. <laughs> Which is factory. actually problematic because it means they aren't good at anything. They're kind of good at everything. They aren't like excellent at anything. Yeah, kind of good except cheesecake. Except cheesecake. Yeah, they got cheesecake down. Yeah, it's a factory. <laughs> hey, moving the show along, it is time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Hey, in case you missed it, you know, it's the end of the year and uh, all the year end lists are coming out. And this week, I don't know if you saw this, Miriam Webster announced their word, their word of the year. Any guesses? Word of the year, 2018? Oh, word of the year? Lit. Piling 
Hot garbage. That was Kofefi. 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 That was. I think no, it was 2016. It? I, I, mean, I, I, know, I know the answer, and I was a little surprised. This would not have been my. The Merriam-Webster. Ten tries. 2018 word of the year: justice. Justice. Oh. Okay. Uh, they they choose sure. their word of the year based on uh, an increase in traffic and overall volume of traffic looking for that word. They report that justice saw a 74% increase year over year on their website, taking it higher than other words that were trendy in 2018. The word has been a fixture in the news this year with the president using it as shorthand for the department of justice, justice reform being a major topic of discussion and Christians debating the role of social justice within ministries. Merriam Webster's editor at large explained, these are stories that connect to the culture and to society across races, across classes. We get this word that filters in. There you go. Justice. Hey, yeah, I, I can see justice because I do feel like I do feel like his sentiment there that 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 it, it, it like goes across, you know, different parts of culture. Collusion. You know, they, Collusion would have been mine. Mine, maybe. Oh you yeah, know. That, that, that makes I like that. But also is I mean, the word they're probably picking, as you said, is a word that people want to understand better. Well, that, that's why I would. That's why I, I would have said collusion in the sense that, like, yeah. they just hear in the news, like, no collusion, yeah. no collusion. What does collusion mean? You know, like somebody would look yeah, it up. Right. You know, oh, yeah, true. Right. Yeah, I kind of uh, like justice. That's kind of cool that that's yeah. a word that people want to better understand this year. Seventy four percent raise in understanding. That's yeah. pretty. Awesome. Did anybody else notice how it's become sort of a pejorative this year too? Like, oh, a bunch of social justice warriors crying about the and like. Yeah, social justice warrior sounds kind of awesome, actually. Right. Like, <laughs> right. That would be like that sounds like a really sick job that I would like right. to have. Like people should be worrying, right. worrying for social justice. It, it's it has become <laughs> like it, you, you know I, I try not to veer too deep into them, but whenever I'm in the comments section, you know people like to say all oh, those SJWs over at Relevant. You know, like yeah, th- being Thank a you. warrior for <laughs> sh- to, to is fight that really social- the shorthand for it? People really say SJW. SJW? Yes. We get it a lot yeah and it, we haven't changed our like this no. is social justice has always been pretty core to the relevant brand and, and yeah. it's like if it's like if if the if the state of christianity has got to the point where being a warrior fighting social injustices is now a bad thing i think that says more about right. the, the state of modern evangelicalism than it does about you know the the, the use of the word justice i Not, mean it's just right. you know not to plug, but I mean, this week on the unedited podcast, I had Rich, Richard Stearns, the outgoing oh, president yeah. of World Vision on there. And we talk about this because he was the head of World Vision for 20 years and how faith and justice kind of go hand in hand or our understanding of justice as it relates to the gospel really has changed in the last 20 years. I mean, um, you know, back, I think 20 years ago, the church was like, well, it's just about missions. And, and that's it. I mean, anything global is about missions and 1040 window and all that. And now there's a generation that has embraced a holistic view of the gospel and, and that justice is a necessary extension of the gospel message. And that's a huge change in the last 20 years. And we talk a lot about that. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he's one of the guys that, I mean, really spurred that and uh, really changed things for how faith leaders interacted and advocated for Justice. So Rich Stearns changed the world. Dude, he really not did. Many I mean, yeah, not many people can that. say that, but Rich Stearns changed the entire world. His, his book in 2009, The Hole in Our Gospel, uh, is one of the most important books you could read on the intersection of faith and justice. It tells his story. He was CEO of like Hasbro and huge corporations and like 
left that corporate world to, when his, his life was changed, you know, um, as it related to justice and stuff. And then he left it and went to world vision. And, but he was, he told some several like behind the scenes things of like working with Rick Warren and Bill Hybels to kind of change how the church even talked about AIDS and stuff 15 years ago. You remember? I mean, it was almost like Christian attitude about the AIDS crisis was like, well, that's the wages of sin, you know? And I mean, they were really hands off with it. And then in the early two thousands advocated, uh, behind the scenes, the faith leaders, Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, Rich Stearns advocated behind the scenes to President Bush about the need for America to take moral leadership and the AIDS epidemic happening in Africa, passed landmark legislation, PEPFAR, and they numerically have shown in the last 10 years, the, you know, like 6 million lives have been saved. The The AIDS epidemic ended. I mean, not that AIDS is ended, but the the the, you know, horrific situation has, has been eradicated by, yeah, by, by PEPFAR, by PEPFAR, which happened, you know, because Christian leaders chose to stick their neck out and say like, we've gotten it wrong and the church needs to take moral leadership in this area. And uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You say he changed the world. He literally changed the world and has spurred things both in front of the pulpit or in front of the microphone and behind the scenes that has saved tens of millions of lives. It's crazy to sit down with somebody who's truly a world changer like that. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. Anyway, yeah. justice to word of the year, 2018. Um, hey, in case you missed it this week, I mean, here's your chance. The rapper sabbatical update. Uh, <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> we're watching this thing on Instagram. It's, you know, it's got us all. It, um, it's pretty compelling. Yeah, you know? it is. This is a good story. <laughs> the edge of our this, seat. Is a, this is a, this is a wholesome story. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned chance the rapper announced he's going on sabbatical because he wants to read the Bible. He said he grew up in the church and he wants to read the Bible. Uh, he doesn't know the Bible. So he's going on sabbatical to read the Bible. And now he's like posting updates. Uh, how's it, how it's going and what he's learning and what he's reading and stuff. Uh, so the, the latest update, he says that the Bible is helping him to kick smoking. He posted an image of Ephesians 3.20, which reads, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. In the caption, he wrote, Today is my seventh day of zero cigarettes. Leave it at the altar. That's what he wrote. Pretty cool. Good for him. Good for him. Can I have a hot take on this? Yeah. Please do. Uh (laughs) Uh I love Chance the Rapper. I love him. Also, what if you went on sabbatical and actually stopped posting because you were on sabbatical? Like, what if sabbatical was like where you were quiet and actually went on sabbatical instead of making it a social media thing? I I can see what you're saying. I like that he's posting scripture and challenging his followers to, you know, engage and seek the Lord. I mean, okay, then don't call it a sabbatical. Just say you're not working, but you're reading the Bible. Like if you're going to call, I just had another friend do this and I thought, and I said it to her, I was like, if you're going on sabbatical, can you get, because what you're actually saying to me is you can't resist being on the internet while you're on sabbatical. You can't resist. I was say, but isn't it different if you're someone with a platform like his that can use the opportunity to share with people the impact of what taking No, it those- isn't different. It isn't different because he's a human who needs a break from the internet and he won't take it. Yeah, but I don't know if he's. I, but I don't know if he said that this is about a break from the internet. I think he, he called it a sabbatical, which indicates you're stepping away from everything. It just bothers me. It bothers me when people call it what they're doing a sabbatical, and then they use it to increase their following or increase their influence, and not actually rest and step but, away. But, but is sabbatical even like a biblical term, or is it more of like a construct that has meaning based on 
what we apply well, to it's it. it's from Sabbath, and Sabbath is stopping all work and only resting and worshiping. Yeah, why, and, why, Andy, why do you you think sabbatical necess- necessitates uh, social media fast, too? Yeah, I do, because it's work. Yeah. He's working. He's increasing his influence. And so I think if you are taking a Sabbath, on the day of the week that we Sabbath, that each of us Sabbath, we should... On the day of the week, you Sabbath, you shouldn't be on the internet. You should be doing nothing that is for any, for all four of us, being on the internet is work. We are doing work if we are on the internet. And so, yes, I'm, I clearly have a real strong opinion about yeah. not but, being but, on the internet when but, you're. But to be Sabbathing. fair, if you're applying like a biblical standard to Sabbath, I mean, that entails, you know, like Orthodox Jews won't even press an up button on an elevator right. on the right. Sabbath. Yeah, but, John but, I mean, Mark Comer teaches a ton about this and, and it is rest and worship. Whatever okay. is rest and worship for you. And so you don't, so I don't, I don't unload the dishwasher. I don't do laundry. Like I don't do anything that is work on my Sabbath day. I, and it's really hard because it's a whole lot easier and it's, a, it's, there's an insecurity when you're like, if I don't make a joke on the internet today, or if I don't post about my book today, or if I don't do this thing today, I mean, it is pressing up against what culture tells you that you cannot walk away. And what I would say to Chance is that that post is just as influential when you are done with your Sabbath as it is right in the middle. But are you taking a break for your soul from posting? And I, but but I, I mean, know. like, what if to him, like reading, you know, because one of the things was like, who, you know, who wants to read Galatians with me today? And I'm going to turn on my Insta story while I read this out loud. And I want people to join me. If for him. That is, uh, you know, that is it. Like, let's say if it's not an act of rest or worship, like what if to him that is an act of worship, communally reading scripture? Then don't call it a sabbatical. I'm fine with that. But but, but, but I guess like, like I said, it just seems like that that whole, like if we're going by the biblical standard of, of Sabbath, then I mean, you know, there's a lot that we do that we shouldn't, not not just not working, but I'm talking like, like I said, I mean, look at, you know, the measures that, um, you know, Orthodox followers of the Old Testament will will take where, you know, I, I just feel like, isn't it more a matter of the heart than a, a standard that, you know, every that every person has to live to the same standard? You know, I, I my my personal perspective, if you're talking about work, he might. I mean, again, we don't know how he views his life, but he's stepping away. You know, he's a musician and producer. He's like. And so he's stepping away from doing anything vocational. Maybe he doesn't see communicating about his personal journey on social media as a work thing. Maybe he just sees it as community, blah, blah, blah. And he's not doing it because it's it's not related to music or anything or his career. Maybe he sees what he's doing on social media as, as a personal thing, not a work thing. And he does say that he's stepped away from work for a period. You know, I don't know. You're right, though. I mean, if 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 what you're doing on online is in any way work, I, I get what you're saying totally. But maybe he just doesn't see this this these posts as work. Maybe he sees it as ministry. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to win y'all on this, but you're not going to win me either. I mean, I just don't. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not I that I don't, I don't see I'm, your I'm perspective, not, but I just I just feel listen, like yeah. I don't it, feel like I have a strong. I don't feel like I have a strong opinion here. I, I feel and like again, it's a I like valid... Chance the Rapper. This isn't a Beyonce take. I really like Chance the Rapper. I think he's awesome. I just want, like, I want him to model for us. There, you can walk away from the internet 
and and not post what you are learning in the middle of a sabbatical. Like I want, so even, I don't know his heart, so I can't know where he's coming from and why he's doing it. What I want him to model for Christians is taking a break can be taking a break from the internet too and not posting every step along the way. And instead what he's modeling is take a sabbatical, but still get likes and get follows and get the news talking about you. Yeah, but 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 I guess my thing is like he's not a minister. He's not someone in ministry that has to model anything, you know? I mean, he's well, someone who admittedly coming into this, the reason he said he's doing it is cuz he doesn't know the Bible. And that I that I've been, you know, I've been taught about Jesus, but I I mean, his his original post was I have no real context for scripture. To be honest with you, I never read it. And like, so I don't feel like applying the standard of someone who has like a lifetime in ministry and an understanding of like Sabbath theology. I mean, but he sure dropped sabbatical. Right. Like if you're going to call it a sabbatical, you better know what you're saying. Yeah, but, but sabbatical is also a term that's been appropriated for like a university professor in the secular world. Like a professor can a tenured professor can say I'm taking a sabbatical, you know, and, and it's become synonymous with taking away from professional obligations to focus on personal ones. Is that, that, that what you just said is actually Merriam-Webster I'm, I'm, I, is the number one the uh, definition of the word uh, is a period of paid leave granted to a university teacher or other worker for study or travel. Uh, traditionally, next one year, year sabbatical is going to be word of the, word of the year. So, <laughs> so like, but, but, but the, the key thing on the university one is that it's a paid year or paid period of leave for study or travel. And so maybe that's his understanding of sabbatical that, cause he is traveling. He didn't just like, he's not just staying home and like not working. He's on a, he's in Europe and stuff on airplanes and it's like, so he's traveling and studying scripture. So maybe like the social media thing doesn't even, it's not, it's not like, like the religious sabbatical. It's more like a university professor sabbatical, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. Hey, in case you missed it uh, this week, a new report found that female led movies perform better at the box office. Uh, the creative arts agency released a study that shows that at every budget level, movies that feature a woman in the lead role outperform the same budgeted movies with men in the lead. Recent hits like Wonder Woman, Girls Trip, and Arrival were all cited as examples of female-fronted blockbusters far outperforming industry expectations. Look at that. Maybe there's a shift happening. Yeah. yeah girls. Now the next step is compensate them equally or yeah, more. Exactly. Well, let's know. And the new Marvel movie will be a girl one, right? Yeah, Ty? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. March, March 2019. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait either. I'm very excited about it. I think that's really because I, I think that the num you can have the data there and, and obviously the data is there. But I feel like in so many ways for all the talk about like liberal Hollyweird I feel like they are still like in so many ways, the stereotype of an old conservative entirely run by these like ancient, like penny pushing white men who are like, yeah, we can't put dames in front of a movie. What are they going to want next? <laughs> like, like it's, they're so slow to change and they, they are, they are so desperate to keep the status quo of having like men up front in the lead action roles, women as the damsels in distress or the bikini models on the side. Right. And I, I just don't know if studies like this are going to be the things that convinces them that we need to like, how long did it take for them to be, for them to be like, okay, maybe Harvey Weinstein isn't like the best guy to be front, to be in charge of this industry. <laughs> yeah. Like it took a long time. And so I, I'm glad there's studies like this happening. I just don't know if it's going to be the thing that really, shakes up the status quo. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Uh, lastly, uh, in case you missed it, uh, Amy Grant this week 
This is crazy. Played a Christmas themed tiny desk concert at uh, yeah. NPR. So the CCM legend joined the ranks of like Anderson Pack, Wu Tang Clan, Chromio, Florence and the Machine. I mean, these these little tiny desk concert videos that they do are famous. And they They're invited awesome. Amy Grant to come it. to a Christmas one. Here's a clip. her live Saturday night. I'm seeing her and Vince oh, Gill's Christmas going? show. Her it's Vince. their Christmas show. It's like one of oh, the, yeah. it's like a Nashville tradition to see him at the Ryman. They have like a residency. It's like a three week thing in Nashville. It's really fun. It's very sweet. It's a very sweet performance. Yeah. It's always very charming. All right. I'm surprised. Um, I am surprised that Amy, I feel like we're in the midst of kind of an Amy grant like, <laughs> I feel like she's, I feel like, I, I mean, her I've and Tori see- Kel- Kelly redoing baby, baby, right? I've been seeing people talk about her outside of like the, the, people who I would expect to be talking about her. I've been seeing her like unironically appreciated. Jezebel did a really wonderful uh, appreciation of her Christmas album that is too, it's too profane for me to quote here very much, but it was enthusiastically <laughs> positive. We'll leave it at that. Really? <laughs> That's that's crazy. I mean, next thing you know, she'll be hosting SNL just because the sentimentality. Oh. She felt like it, and you know, comes out. I think she's too cool, cool for SNL now. I think it would bring her down a notch. She's got to keep the, <laughs> she got to keep her cred, her pitchfork cred right where it needs to be. Right. Oh, now. I would say I know you know how we are behind the scenes when you know people you know when we're working on bringing people in or putting people on the cover or whatever. I know the process. I'm just trying to imagine the NPR tiny desk. They're tastemakers. I mean, they, you know, Anderson Pack has a new album, so he comes and does an acoustic set. Or, uh, you know, I've seen The Roots or I've seen, you know, just amazing yeah. or, or even back when um, who did uh, I'm on a boat, uh, the autotune oh, guy. Lonely Island. Yeah. No, no, no. The T-Pain. T-Pain. T-Pain yeah. did an acoustic thing without autotune. Right. It was it was right. transformative. Yeah. It was very good. It was, it was cool. amazing. And so, like, yeah. I can see them going, oh, you know, it'd be dope. What if we got so-and-so or so-and-so has a new project or this is really innovative. It'd be cool to do an acoustic version. of that. Who in the meeting meeting said, you know who we should get? Amy Grant. I mean, like, how many yeses? I mean, it's not just who brought the idea. How many yeses did it get? I, I, I have a great. theory. I have a uh-huh. theory. She just oh, showed up and it was a slow day. <laughs> like a lot of people on vacation. It's around the holidays. She, she was touring New York cuts. with her family. She wanted to pop in, just hey, like l- see listen, the NPR studios. I, I, I work. We work in the content business. This time of year, it gets a little. You know, it slows down a little. You know, people yeah. are going on vacation. Normal writers, the normal yeah. people. You're like, you know, well, we got we got to ex- spread the wings here a little. Amy Grant just knocked on the door, right place at the right time. <laughs> They're like, come on up. I mean, you that's know, mean. that's mean, man. All right, I, I think yeah, I, have a, I have an actual <laughs> theory about. I have an actual theory about how this happened. Okay, so the guy, the the. The uh, the producer, writer, and editor of NPR Music is a guy named Lars Gotrich. He tweeted last night, uh, I was quoted by Relevant Magazine today, so that's what's up. I think that Lars is a like big, he, big like Christian, like relevant fan, and he's the one who brought Amy Grant because like, he's been a lifelong, he's known about Amy since he was a little kid. Oh, and, maybe. And, then, and he was like, You got you gotta do this. They're gonna you're gonna love her. Trust me, you're gonna love her. And everybody else at NPR is like, All right, sure, we'll do <laughs> it. Right. And then he achieved his real like, lifelong she checks, goal. She, she checks like a demographic box, like, you know, okay, there's religious artists and we've had urban artists, we have whatever. So she she represented all of Christianity in the NPR Tiny Decks mix. So that's what they Truly, think Christian music still is. 
Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and Michael W. Smith performing at the big George H. funeral. It's like, oh, we're having a great moment for Christian music. <laughs> yeah. 19, 19, 19, 1990 CCM is having a right. comeback right yeah. now. It's yeah. having a good December. Yeah. How bad do you think George, Michael W. wishes that he was the one who got NPR and that like, the roles are reversed <laughs> a little bit? So. A little freaky Friday swap. Uh, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Stay tuned. Up next, Brian and Katie Torwalt join us. So this is Christmas. to Miley Cyrus and Mark Ronson featuring Sean Ono Lennon. The song is Happy Christmas. War is over. Uh, never thought I'd play Miley Cyrus on the podcast, but there you go. I kind of like, like her new lane. Like now that she's gotten out of the, whatever she was doing circa 2012 and is moving more into this kind of stuff. I think I'm going to make her new stuff is kind of cool. I, I never yeah. thought we'd hear Sean Lennon on the podcast, but here we are. Sean I mean, Ono Lennon. He's taken both names. Sean Ono Lennon. Yeah. Hey, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Judah and the Lion with Pep Talk and Quarter Life Crisis. Well, today's featured interview is brought to you by Squarespace. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple, too. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free for that year. You can design a best-in-class online store using Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin, and they give you all the tools to run your business. And they also have awesome 24-7 customer support. I just literally, I know you make fun of me, but I literally, uh, two nights ago, signed up for another Built Squarespace another site, and I'm in the middle of building it. It's a little <laughs> side thing for relevant. Can, can, no, no, can, no, you, can you reveal what it is? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. I the Our advertising sales team, we have a media kit, right? A PDF media kit that they you know send around to prospective partners and stuff with our platforms and demographics and our yeah. rates. And they've talked for years, like, it'd be cool if we had it like online. And and so I, I'm making a relevantmediakit.com and just I'm putting it on the internet and then people can, you know, request rate information and stuff like that online. Why not? You know, it's just like if you can design an InDesign document or design a PDF, you can design a Squarespace site, you know, so it's pretty easy. Hey, right now, Squarespace is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. Go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I tried to use it, but because I was logged into an existing account, I, they blocked me. <laughs> I didn't get to use the code. Shocking. Squarespace, set your website apart. Well, part of the Jesus Culture Collective of Artists, Worship Leaders, and Songwriters, Brian and Katie Torwalt recently released their new album, Praise Before My Breakthrough, 
which unlike many modern worship albums, focuses on the difficulties of life and the power of relying on faith and God to get through them. We recently spoke with a duo who talked about what inspired the project and gave us a behind-the-scenes look at some of its standout tracks. Here is Brian and Katie Torwalt. Yeah, for my breakthrough, it started about um, a couple years ago when we heard uh, a message from a pastor friend of ours about the year of breakthrough. And he really started talking about what do we do in the middle, in the tension, um, before we see what we're going after. And everyone, us included, last season of life was a little bit of a struggle for us. And so we really had to live that out and begin to learn and go on that journey of like, okay, am I willing to praise? Am I willing to to stand on the truth of who I know God is and and what he's done for me in the past and now, even if I'm not living in the full, the complete fulfillment of what I know all the promises God has for me? Yeah, I, it's it's kind of a unique title and we have been getting quite a few questions about it. And like Brian was saying, it's sort of like, there aren't, there are, there's not a lot of language. There's not a lot of songs, especially about what does it look like? What do we do with, um, like you said, the time before we get to see God fulfill the promises or the words He's spoken over our life, what we know He has for us, the like the healing He has for us, the um, just whatever that looks like. And so for us, living out a new season really like put that to the test and. <laughs> We started this song two years ago and it took us this long to finish it because I think we actually had to live out some of some of the words ourselves in a really real way. a song with a couple of our friends and once again as songwriters you know it's you're constantly trying to say something or express something that you've never been able to have a language for and there's this like tendency to want to say something that's super unique and something that you haven't heard recently and I think me and Brian both have felt really strong especially with these songs that it's not like you said it's something you've probably heard before it's something you've sung before but it's just it needs to be said right now. And it's really what we need to say right now. It's really what these songs, this whole collection of songs are, but Mahalaluyah, it's kind of, it's a declaration just saying there's nothing like no, no season of life, nothing that could, we could come against could actually take away our praise, could quiet us, could shut our mouth. We will continue to praise. We'll continue to worship and um, nothing can contain that. Nothing can quiet that or stop that. And so I love singing that song. It has been one of my favorites to sing for sure. It just, it changes my perspective as, as I like seeing it. It's, it's really fun. Yeah, it's a song that is 
fully about the declaration. It is um, even the chorus to the bridge. The, the chorus is like stating the question, like, what can take my hallelujah? In, in the declaration, like, no darkness can contain it. Nothing can take my hallelujah. Um, and for us, it's, it is one of the, another one of those songs that you can kind of sing the beginning, at the middle, at the end of a season of life or in, in the journey of, okay, you know, I know the truth of God and I'm just going to declare this. Nothing will take my hallelujah. Nothing will take my praise. Not really. It's funny that song. It started out as just really the the simple chorus of, of "Be with me." I just want you to be with me, and, and the idea that um, we could just that we could go to the Lord and and not need anything of Him, but just be in His presence. I feel like so much of our prayer life and our life is like, God, I need this. God, I you know, God help. God well, it's help. Even, it's <laughs> even the contrast of like we're talking about my breakthrough right and we're looking for that and we're declaring that and we're prophesying that but at the same time really ultimately what we want is just to be in the room with god we yeah. just want to be in the presence of god and really the cares of the world and what you feel like you need and that breakthrough you're looking for it does it falls away your perspective changes and so yeah. but sonically sonically we so ended up simple using, for us yeah we ended up using a, a new produ producer he's actually mixed a, a few of our albums with a guy named jeremy griffith and, and our friend jonathan berlin and so this was a new process for us. We we went into the studio with very stripped back songs, just acoustic and vocal. And we went in and the four of us went through one song a day and we, we kind of just followed the emotion of the song and, and let it take us on a journey. And it was really fun and really new for us. And we really loved how they came out. And so Be With Me ended up being a surprise. We ended up writing the bridge in the studio the day that we we wrote it and for us that kind of took the song home um as that final declaration of in your presence i know where i stand i know who i am in your love in your That was Brian and Katie Torwalt. Make sure to check out their new album, Praise Before My Breakthrough. It's out now. Do you still remember all of those moments you gave me shelter out of the swelter, out of the sun, into an ocean under the high tide, by Song for Orphans, we believe the church is the solution to caring for orphans. Through holistic, Christ-centered education and care to vulnerable children in developing countries, as well as adoption financial assistance to Christian families in the U.S., Lifesong invites you to join in living out God's call to care for orphans. Lifesong serves adopted families and churches at zero cost, and 100% of the donations go directly to helping children in need. You are called to serve orphans. We can help. Find out how at lifesong.org forward slash relevant. Jesus. 
listening to Broken Bells. The song is Shelter. Nothing like uh, a little Broken Bells in the holiday season. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we got talking Jesse's hot tub hot take about the uh, <laughs> about Amy Grant's... Oh, I'm sorry, Michael E. Smith's song, Friends. Um, friends are friends forever if the Lord's the Lord of them. He thought it's a little bit of a slightly overrated tune. Uh, to be so beloved by so many. It got us thinking about other songs that are universally beloved and popular that get under your skin. They, uh, they, they gnaw at your craw. That you don't like them, but everybody else does. We want to know songs that you think are overrated that everybody else loves. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and you also post it on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few that stood out. Ah, this this one's coming in strong. He says, I can't handle hearing hallelujah one more time. Yeah, that's all well. caps. Oh, wow. My wait. eyes involuntary roll as soon as it comes on. Wait, the, the hallelujah. Wait, which one? The, I, mean, the, the I believe he's talking about the. Yeah. Rufus Wainwright slash everyone on earth has covered it. Wow. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I, have, I have my cover. This is a good time to plug but my I mean, like If it's like a montage, <laughs> but if it's like a, a montage, like it's a sad thing or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a fitting, it's a fitting song. I mean, it's a beautiful it? I mean, song. It's, it's very pretty. What's yeah. his problem? It's a little overdone. His, maybe I could, it, I could see the argument that like, I've heard it enough times in my life. I don't need to hear right, it anymore. Yeah. I dislike for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think a lot of people, so overexposure, one of the great American songs, but but like, overexposure maybe is beget yeah. is what prompted his disdain. Okay, yeah. This is uh, this is a, a crazy one for this time of year. Tim Reader says he agrees with you, Jesse. Friends is absolutely horrible, and so is Mariah's. All I want for Christmas is you. That takes a pretty cold-hearted person, especially yes. now here in this festive time of year to not be into I, to not be into all of it for, I mean I don't think it's an amazing song but it's hard not to like it right I, I saw so, some some thing recent, like this week talking about how she has made I think she made 60 million dollars from the royalties <gasps> of that song that one song oh, and that's gosh. not performances and TV and all that that's just literally royalties from the sales of that one single that girl well done <laughs> um, Eric Odom on Facebook on the podcast page said the, to follow up yours, Huck, he said, in spite of having the word in the title, Last Christmas by Wham is not a Christmas song. You could oh. replace every occurrence of Christmas with any day of the week and the song doesn't let's try, change. Let's try it. Last <laughs> Wednesday, you played with my heart. He's right. I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was he said, However, it kind of works as a Christmas song if you imagine it as a rebuttal or sequel to All I Want for Christmas is You. It's fun. It's funny. I've, I'm playing like there's a, a streaming. There's a bunch of like Christmas stations. And so I've been like playing them a lot in the car. And and Cohen is, you know, has new ears to a lot of these songs, you know, like he grew up with like the kids songs and stuff like that. But now he's learning, you know, the deeper catalogs. And, and he's <laughs> and he's like hearing bands for the first time that he didn't know. And these are like classics specifically in the car yesterday. That song's playing Last Christmas by Wham. And just halfway through, he just looks at me and goes, I don't like Wham. And I'm like, uh, all right, uh, there you go. Okay. That's fair. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Hot tub, hot I don't like him. I don't, he, was, he didn't even get into why. He's just like, I don't like Lamb. And then he hit skip on the thing. <laughs> Sam on Twitter, he he said, call me maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen, by Carly Rae Jepsen is objectively bad, but everyone loves it. I'm Hey, sorry, Sam. I'm on the everybody train on this. That's yeah, a bad one. Yeah, and when yeah, it comes I'm on, Carly it, I mean, it, that is, that is, that is sunshine. <laughs> 
right into my ear holes. Like it is. <laughs> how could you not? It's like a, it's like it's like a, the candy equivalent of song. It's just delightful. I think everybody okay. knows that I'm kind of the bad boy of relevant, you know, kind of the, you know, I walk on the wild side. Yeah. Uh, you're wearing a leather yeah. jacket right now <laughs> you know, for Theater unlawful, of the Minds. Everybody should know you wore a leather jacket to record the good. But, but so I don't want this to throw off my brand, my, my online persona, but Carly Ray, any, any Carly Ray song, anytime, day or night, I'm in, I'm, I'm all really? in. Really? Really? Oh, listen to, really? I listened to her unbidden. I put on the whole album. Emotion is, it Emotion's was. a, Jack Antonoff, Jack Antonoff yeah. wrote a lot of that album. Yeah, yeah. You know? Jack Antonoff was, was involved. I, I think it's a, I think it's great music. I think she's a great songwriter. Wow. Good at what she does. Okay. I really, 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 really <laughs> like you. I mean, it's a lot of reallys, but it works. And when, when you really like somebody. I don't know somebody, that it does, but you like it. Our friend Kiki said, uh, can I put a whole movie soundtrack on the list? I'd say that depends on the soundtrack. And hers, I, I actually agree with this one. Uh, I just don't get frozen or the hype around it. Yeah, specifically, I, let I, it go. I agree. I, I agree with that. I don't think they're really? good songs. I mean, I, I think they're very forgettable. Very, I agree. I, okay. I was shocked that it became the cultural phenomenon that it did. Yeah, and she, really. She says she says both Moana and Coco are better. Also true. Those Moana, are both have yeah, like she's right. She's right music, on that. Moana really, is really, really wonderful soundtrack. songs on them. But the Frozen soundtrack, I'm just I don't get it. Yeah. K- Kayla Brooks says uh, on Twitter, uh, Cotton Eye Joe is about a homewrecker and I have no idea why it's a wedding staple. <laughs> where, I, I have never First of all, been to a wedding. I've never been to a wedding where they play Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know it was a staple of anything, like anywhere. You know? <laughs> well, like, like any setting. Caleb doesn't say where he's from. So maybe in his region, it's a wedding yeah. staple. I don't yeah, know. Like Cotton Eye Joe, like it seems like a song they play as like, a novelty at dueling piano bars to me. There for you some go. Reason. Yeah, that, like, that makes you know. sense. Yeah, I think it's a novelty song. I don't think anybody like seriously like loves it. But right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tate, this is a hot take. She said uh, Tate says someone like you by Adele. <gasps> I uh, saw that. Oh, wow. I, and I and I I got to disagree too because I I which I, one is that? Got, is that was that her comeback single? The that was, was her first. That, that was, was her, her like not rolling in the deep on her break breakout album. <laughs> it was yeah. like the follow-up single that, that I, I thought was the better single. Honestly, I like yeah. that song. What, what was it called? I'm sorry. Someone like someone, you. Someone like you. Never you mind. Joking? I will find. Cameron, you're not like kidding. You really are having to look it up. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish one. nothing but the best. That one. That one. Yeah, you don't want to do this right okay. now. Here, but here's Tate's take. Uh, Everyone's all like, OMG, love Adele. She's such a good singer. Here, let me play the song. Then Tate's like, they play someone like you. And I just hear a woman who's actually a good singer intentionally screech and whine on her high notes. Dang, Tate. Whoa. I know. Tate, She's talking Tate, about Tate, one, of, one of the, one of the power voices in, in music. It doesn't help that people might see. Here's, here's where Tate really gets to it. It has nothing to do with Adele. This is a Tate issue. It right. doesn't help that people in my dorm blasted it all the time when I was an RA. Don't worry, I had the noise violation tickets ready. I didn't even know it was a thing, but good, good yeah. on you, Tate. I guess. Right. No, that sounds that this is Tate's a rule. Yeah, it's. I mean, that, that, You've I, heard I, that I get before, it. Haven't you, Cameron? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a huge song. I, I just, I've, I all Adele songs kind of in have the soaring similarity when you just say the name. You know, I mean, they sound different when you hear them, but like when you just say like that Adele song, I'm like, okay, what? Which one? There's a bunch of them. Right. So right. anyway. Also, Tate was kind of fun police, huh? 
Fun place. Handing out noise ordination tickets on the dorm room yeah. as an RA <laughs> for Adele right. songs. Yeah, he was. He's he's just a blast yeah. to hang out with. No fun cops on this show. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, Carly Fail says on Twitter, um, uh, "Thank you next" by Ariana Grande. Her big new single um, says she can't handle it. I, what did I, she uh, say about it? Is that she, all she said? She said she can't handle it. She, she, like, she, she says I can't stand it. That's characters. it. Yeah. I like, I like thank you. I, I, I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. I, I'm like I'm like very medium on Ariana Grande in general, but I, I thought it was all right. I think she has an excellent voice. I think she has a lovely personality and I want to be friends with her. I think that's I think when people write songs, she can fit after, in your pocket, Annie. Did you know? I that? know. She's just adorable. She's just a miniature um, person. Bite size. She's just a tiny little thing. Yeah. But I just I always am so interested when people write breakup songs really close to a public breakup where you know like when she says pete by name it's just like man sister this song has a real short shelf life i feel like she had to have that one in the chamber i feel like that i feel like she had to have that waiting for that last yeah yeah yeah. i I think i think those songwriters they just keep them ready to go i saw her i saw her win an award she i watched a clip of her winning an award in europe for this song for for something and she said for all of you who aren't sure what's going to happen next and if you're going to be okay just know that i'm not either and I thought, man, this girl is hurting. And and she was like tearing up. And I thought, bless her heart. You probably don't put out a song that quick. I don't know. But she, she, I don't hate the song. I think it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, it obviously was very opportunistic. And, and, but it was billed as she did the thing that like Kanye did after his mom passed away. He just kind of like working through the grief. He just hibernated in the studio. And like two weeks later, 808s and Heartbreak came out. You know, like it was one of those like, you know, just but that like, album's yeah. classic now, right? Yeah. Right, but I'm saying like apparently the story was that after to work through the breakup, she went and got into the studio, and this is one of the songs that came out of that. Part of the but process. releasing it so fast was like is what felt a little I, opportunistic. I, I wrote, I wrote a, a a kind of a rush inspired. It's it's about 19 and a half minutes. Uh, a lot of drum fills. Uh, morning song about my neighbor who's mauled by a bear. Uh, oh the God. night before the garbage came and it was my fault I gotta live with that but uh, it's a story <laughs> epic but you wrote a song about it and you capitalized yeah. on it so you, well done you, you chummed the water by putting your trash out the night before I, I now, needed some inspiration I needed a real tragedy and that meant one of my neighbors had to be eaten alive by a bear do you know the part we haven't even talked about yet that I keep forgetting to tell y'all is you know I moved in the summer and my new condo I don't even have a trash can <laughs> <laughs> that what? I rolled to the curb. I just, there's dumpsters. So I just take everything to the dumpster whenever I want to. So honestly, this is the most moot point for me so ever because I don't have even no have a horse in this anymore. race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You've disqualified yourself, Annie. <laughs> but you I used to she, in my she own house is because the advocating yes, people are going to follow yes. her lead and bears and raccoons are going to be mauling children left and right. Yes, and Annie yes. is sitting there. On her ivory tower, unaffected. For the last seven years, I lived in a house where I rolled the trash down every Tuesday night. And actually, it's how my small group girls knew small group was over, is they had to leave. They knew they had to be gone before the trash before I got back up from rolling the trash can down the driveway. So that you, was always you're the bringing, last part Annie, of the night. You're bringing all kinds of baggage and personal stuff to this debate. I'm bringing objectivity and safety <laughs> and, and bears, wildlife Jesse, awareness, and bears, which and, is ridiculous. And, and I want to hear your song people. about it though. Isn't your song also called Thank You Next about the bear? Yeah, it is. And yeah, it's I about so. a new neighbor moving in. Because yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what I saw in your sound cloud. And it's 19 minutes uh, and it's 
it's explicit blue lyrics. It's very explicit. explicit. Wow. And, and at the end of it, I was shocked that you did this. You broke down at the end, just like Michael Dubbs did with at the end of Friends when he started tearing up. You got choked up at the end of your song too. Yeah, yeah. and it has like it has, a, it has, a, it has a whole yeah exactly. It has a whole Grizzly Man thing too. There's like a Vanna Hudson and and he. And he lived amongst the bears for years. It's got a whole grizzly man thing. I mean, it's I go deep. It's quite the project. It took about a, right. it took about a year and a half uh, of solid, solid production. But uh, all right, uh, there's a lot more. Uh, Take me to church by Hozier uh, came up several times. Um, uh, there's there's a lot. You guys have a lot of uh, pet peeves with some somebody popular did, music. Somebody did say. I just want to bring this really fast. Somebody said, Mark Dancer said, Dirty Laundry by Don Henley is the worst popular song of all time. Do any of you know what, have any of you heard of this song? These are popular songs. I have vaguely heard of Don Henley of any Don Henley song, much less. Yeah, I don't know it. Okay. Again, didn't tell us what region they were in. So maybe it's a big wedding. Every bride in 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 you know Southern Alabama walks down the aisle to Cotton Eye Joe. That's what we do, <laughs> and people are just now starting to determine if that's a good Caleb, idea. Caleb, Caleb is saying this is weird. This is not good. It's about a homewrecker. Right. <laughs> fair, fair point. That that's the other thing too. Is like I think when I I don't know when you guys listen to music. Do you listen to lyrics? Are you a lyric first person? Hundred percent. I read them for every song. Really? Okay. Yeah. See, I could go years of knowing music and stuff and never be aware of what the lyrics are saying. Yeah. Like yes, I'm like that. I, I listen you. to the musicality, the melody, the beat, you know, that I'm into it. And then you realize down the road, like, oh wait, it's about that? You know, like I, yeah. I so your lyrics first. So you're never caught off guard by that, Annie. Right, yeah. right. This is dirty laundry. Doesn't sound familiar. I've, I've literally never heard it. Wait a second, this song rocks. Turn this up. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, hang on. <laughs> wow, what are you guys hearing a guitar, guitar solo, solo like I am? This song, we're like ten seconds into the song and they had a guitar solo. <laughs> he skipped ahead. Ahead. This is awesome. This is awesome. Middle, yeah. He skipped ahead, right? <laughs> they don't start anyway. with a guitar solo. <laughs> People Maybe. should know. That's a good idea. Okay, well that'll do it for your feedback. There's a lot more where that came from. Go check it out. Uh, it is time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay, it's the end of the year. Now, I guess behind the scenes, you don't know our plans. This is what we're going to do. We've been doing two shows a week yeah. all year long or almost all year long. And if you've listened to the show historically, when we were one one show a week, we would always um well, first of all, we would do like this episode would be our best of the year and then we would take a week off the week in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, last year, I think we augmented that and we we put out our best of the year show that day, right? So we didn't have a break. And this year, now we're doing two. What are we going to do? I mean, you would have a show come out on Christmas. We're not going to do that. So we are going to shift our, our plans for the next two weeks and we will be doing just Friday episodes. Yep. So this is our last ensemble episode of the year next week next friday we will have our best of the year jesse and i will be hosting that we'll have our best of the year episode which we always look forward to um and then we will come back on um we don't want to release one on new year's day so we will uh the next time we're all together will be january 4th episode friday the 4th so Mm. the next two weeks we're just doing the friday episodes so for question of the week we want to ask you a question of the week we will do that feedback on January 4th. So we got two weeks that you can be sending in your yeah. answers. Feedback us. 
All right. So that's a lot of context for this question of the week. The question of the week, we were talking <laughs> earlier about, you know, it's the end of the year and everybody's looking back at best of lists and kind of things that define the year. Miriam Webster uh, did their word of the year justice. We want to know your word of the year. What word stood out to you as maybe defining the year or just became a word this year in your world? Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Or you can post your longer uh, replies and explanations on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Word of the year. Word of the year. I, I already went with collusion, but yeah. I like justice. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that fits a lot of categories. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. So your word of the year. Let us know. And it'll be a fun way to kick off uh, 2019. Hey, many thanks to Brian and Katie Torwalt for joining us. Make sure to go check out their album, Praise Before My Breakthrough. It's out now. And if you're going through a hard time this holiday season, you're lonely or a lot of people have loss or it's it's painful, this is an album that will be helpful for you. Go go check it out. Three out of four of your relevant podcast hosts have found it very helpful in this season. (laughs) And if you're still struggling... Pop in some Rush because Neil Peart is the greatest drummer of our lifetime. He has like 200 pieces in his drum kit. It's incredible. It's like six six cowbells alone. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, but the Def Leppard drummer had one arm. I know. That's pretty impressive. That's more impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible. Remember, you can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, it's a few days before Christmas and it is not too late to give a gift subscription uh, to relevant. You, you can like print out this little card and tell them and they will get um, the magazine all year long. I, I can't give it away yet, but it is going to be a big year for uh, the print magazine. Um, some fun changes are in motion. So uh, subscribe now. You can give a year of Relevant for only $14.99. Plus, you will get an extra 20% off uh, for you to use at the Relevant store. You can go to relevantmagazine.com slash give. And speaking of the store, uh, you can order some awesome gifts for the podcast super fan in your life. Also, if in case it won't come in time for Christmas, you could uh, do a Relevant store gift card uh, when you're there. We have gift cards there. You can go to store.relevantmagazine.com. Hey, and uh, podcast uh, listeners, we want to hear from you. Um, we, you know, we try to do this uh, every year or so. We want to hear about you, what you think of the show, and some different things that'll help us make it better. And right now, we have a podcast listener survey up. We would love for you to go to relevantmagazine.com slash podcast survey. Take a few minutes, fill it out. Uh, fill it out. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts you on some it things. Too. You can, like, you can have feel a it. You can yeah, like you feel it. Like, it. Am I really <laughs> feeling this yeah. podcast yeah. survey? Yeah, yeah. that's right. We don't You respond to non-specific criticism very well. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put on the Torwalt album and really determine if I'm feeling yeah, this at the moment. Yeah. And uh, and as a thanks for filling it out, not just feeling it out, um, uh, we <laughs> are going to be um, randomly selecting some of the respondents to win a twenty five dollar gift card to the Roland store. That's so cool. thank you. I'll fill it out. Yeah. yeah, all of a sudden I'm feeling like I'm going to fill it out. <laughs> Rollmagazine.com slash podcast survey. All right, guys, we did it. Uh, the last uh, live or ensemble show of 2018 is in the can. Next week, uh, Jesse and I will be navigating the best of the year. But uh, Annie, this was so much fun. You were with us for the whole year. That's right. It was uh 
it was great having you on board on the show. And Huckabee, say, if you have me back, let's do it again in 2019. Let's do it. And do Huckabee, it. Yeah. you uh, you filled in, you filled uh, Eddie's big shoes admirably well. Huge, huge uh, shoes. <laughs> very large Christmas shoes. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Saying, man. Wow. Awesome. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And well, uh, speaking of Merry Christmas, I bought you all those Christmas socks with my face on them. Have they ever showed up at your house? I never got I've them. I've been looking oh, forward to either. it. Yeah. Okay. Honest. Well, we're just gonna keep looking because you do have Christmas socks with your face. My I'm face on them coming. I've been standing out barefoot in the cold <laughs> every cold morning. Yeah, that's because you go early morning to take out your trash. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'll get them to you. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you next week for our best of. Merry Christmas, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Last Wednesday, you played with my heart. Relevant Podcast Network.